Welcome to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a once a month show with Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of the Harrisburg Community, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Rutten Radio can also be watched by going to lambradio.com. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by discountcatholicproducts.com your one-stop online shopping experience for the Catholic community, and by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. Join us now for a little faith, family, and frivolity as we go live to the studios with Rutten Radio. Good morning, Sioux Falls! And beyond. New York, Arizona, California, Florida, Switzerland. So since her I suppose. Oh yeah. <laughs> he sometimes listens to Oh he does. Yes, yes. Wow. He's a really smart man. What do we have to offer him? <laughs> not not hope. <laughs> That's like everything I preach about though is Christianity is about being smart. So he's oh. probably tuning in because he needs life and he needs, <laughs> he needs he needs the the frivolity uh, part of it, right? Uh, like Christians that. shouldn't be sad. No. Yeah. Have you ever seen that book? There's a book called Saints Aren't Sad. No, I have not. I have it. I haven't oh. read it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's on your but, shelf. And so that a, when people come, they're like, oh, that's a great book he has on his shelf. Yeah, and it's a great title, so I can make assumptions about what's inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, good morning, everybody, and good morning, Father Paul. Good morning, Father John. What uh, is happening in the world We should of- probably note that only two of us are talking right now. Oh, yeah. If you didn't notice the voice <laughs> change here, uh, Father John Rutten is leading off the show today. I even was kind of proud of myself that I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start the show the way Joe does. <laughs> so I had to practice, though, when I came in here into the office today and gave one shout out. I actually think my first shout out went better than the live did. But, you know, oh, well. everybody does their best. So yeah. what's up? Well, what's up? Uh, <laughs> it's Advent and I'm not ready for it. I guess that would be saying what's up. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe that it's already Advent. But uh, shifting gears, you know, as always, when you bring things to a close and things to begin and seasons change. Uh, you know, although it does seem like we've been in Christmas forever, uh, but it is the Advent season. So... Actually, I got up this morning and drove here, so that was a big thing. Yeah, that's different for you. Usually, yeah, usually you I come the uh, night overnight. before, but uh, I had a long night last night, and so it was just easier just to go to bed and then get up this morning and make yeah. the trek on down. Be refreshed. So, well, I don't know if refreshed is That's the why word, you but... look so much better this morning than you usually do. <laughs> <laughs> is got, that right? I or got a haircut, so... too. Oh, it was the haircut. It was the haircut. Had to match the t-shirt. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I did the same thing. <laughs> I did. I wore my shirt yesterday as a little advertising promotion. And so the day before, I was like, I got a lot of hair up here. I'm not supposed to have that much hair. <laughs> I had to do a little zip zip. And yourself, what have you been up to? Uh, I am loving life. It's been very good. You know how you have those high tops and, you know, mm-hmm. life has just been beautiful. And I have to remind myself that about two weeks ago, I was in total despair. <laughs> it was like the world was falling apart. I'm like, oh, uh, but no, life has been really good. I love the Advent season. That might be part of it because I sort of, because I like it, I awaken sure. to absolutely enter into it. And we have a really important 
crime for the community in Harrisburg. Oh. Uh, Bishop Swain comes on Sunday, and he's going to have a little listening session where we get to share with him our hopes and desires and dreams for a future oh, parish. Okay. We get to uh, pray together with yep. our shepherd who began this whole thing about five months ago. So yeah. actually almost five months ago yesterday, we started wow. our new mission to begin a new parish, uh, place a tabernacle. I love St. Catherine Drexel used to always say her mission was to place a tabernacle in a place that had never been before. Oh, that's like, the more I think about that, I'm like, wow, like, this is like Jesus. This is the King of Kings. Like, there's going to be a tabernacle here. People are going to genuflect. People are going to come and worship. They're going to cry because they've lost children. They're going to uh, rejoice because they met Jesus. They're going to have beautiful experiences in the sacraments and hearing the word of God right here in this place. And the King of Kings, we're going to place a tabernacle in a place there's never been one before. But the church, God ordained through the offices of the apostles in union with Rome. And so Bishop Swain is like the one who helps us grow. And it's up to him. And he could say, you know, now is not the time. Or, you know, but we're praying that he comes and he says, oh my gosh, I can't believe all the people here. I can't believe all the children. There's a lot of life. My gosh, you have over 100 kids in religious education. We better get this parish going now. That's what's going on in my life. Well, wonderful. So, yep. So we are in the Advent season, but there's an increase in celebration of Christmas, which we're grateful for. We always love to see an increase in celebration of things of Jesus, uh, if that's why people are celebrating. (laughs) But there's been a decrease in the celebration of Advent. I was at Walmart a week ago and looking for an Advent wreath. Do you think I could find an advent wreath? Walmart has everything. <laughs> that, that store, you know, it's the new yeah. one over here, so it's like everything. Do you think I could find an advent wreath? No. That's because they so, were all purchased earlier because people were preparing for advent before the day before advent. <laughs> no. You know, so usually when you're buying something, you come earlier, and then they have them, and then when they're out, they don't order more. Do you hear that? That's the rug being pulled out from underneath me. Oh, uh, you mean you didn't make one? <laughs> no, but I heard I made one for mom last year. I, well, I didn't make it. She made it <laughs> because I was being a pistol and wasn't like in a mood, you know. Yep. Uh, I got her the candles that were, you know, they have to be fake because she's in the nursing oh, yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. And so they can't have oxygen or they have oxygen. You can't have real flames. <laughs> I guess. And I think I remember this now. She had to take plastic cups and plastic paper cups and turn them upside down and poke <laughs> the hole in them, put oh, the candle sure, in them sure. so that she could have an ad <laughs> like that. And I was like, really? I made you do that? <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So she got an advent wreath this year and I got an advent wreath this year and we got one for the parish and so, we got one for the office. So where did you find it if it was not at Walmart? I have discovered the world of Facebook mm. and I put a little post and I said, oh, I went to Walmart. <laughs> No advent reason. Father, can we help? Father, how about I have one? Father, I want to make one. Wow. So that's how we okay. got our... So. Uh, but in any case, what is Advent? Advent is the beginning. 
so the Christ, the Christ the King Sunday, which was two Sundays ago, was the end of the liturgical year. Uh, Advent begins the new liturgical year, so it's the beginning of the year in the church itself. Uh, so Advent comes from the Latin word coming or to come. And so it's a time of preparation as we await the coming of our Lord on Christmas. Hmm. Uh, we're not good at waiting, so the church only makes us wait for four weeks. This year it's not even four. Uh, but it's still this idea of having to wait. Uh, I, I found myself also though looking at this year and really thinking, we've got it easy. Yeah. Up until Christ came, everybody waited their entire life and never, never got hmm. to see it. So people went and went and wondered when, 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 Lord, when. And they never saw it in their lifetime. Uh, we just have to wait, you know, until December 25th. And, mm. and it comes rolling back around for us. Uh, so it is, uh, there's four Sundays in Advent uh, that prepare, help us to prepare for the coming of, of Christmas. Um, so... What do you mean they had to wait their whole lives? Maybe for our listeners that what you just said sort of went over their head. Uh, describe the world that you're talking about when you make that statement. They had to wait their whole lives. Well, we, I mean, you have to all go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve. And we know Adam and Eve, or maybe you don't. Uh, they sinned, and sin entered into the world. Original sin came, discord happened. God comes to them and says, well, I'm going to make this better eventually. <laughs> hmm. uh, and the making it better uh, was what people waited for. When, Lord, will this all be better? You know, when will justice come? When will the good receive their reward and the evil receive their reward? This whole idea that, that in us something is, is lacking in humanity. Uh, there's just something about us as humans that, that isn't right at times. Uh, and God promised that he would bring to fulfillment what it is in us that we long for. Ultimately, it's the Messiah, so the one who will save the people, uh, save them from themselves, save them from their opponents, all of those things. So people waited and waited and waited. Is that helpful? Yeah, it is. I, what, I have an image all of a sudden in my head. Were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say, we, we live in a world that thinks that we would be charitable, kind, compassionate without Jesus Christ. Hmm. That we so know Christ or have known him that we think this is how humanity is supposed to be. But if you've ever read Lord of the Flies, <laughs> the book, that's not true. Like, inside us, unfortunately, is not this kindness, this desire to do good, this looking out for the other, that because of original sin, we really aren't that way. But we live in a world that's trying to tell us that we really would be compassionate without Christ. Mm. Not true at all. Not <laughs> even close. Yeah. Uh, and so we're taking Christ out of the picture. And not just, and this we can talk about maybe later, but not just yeah. Christianity, like this outward thing, but literally taking Christ out. Like, we don't want him. Yeah, we just want these things, you know. So you look at it, and you know we were talking about uh, blue laws, which were the laws that said you couldn't shop on Sunday. You know, so there are states that have it's illegal. Well, why do we need a law t 
to tell us not to shop on Sunday. Why not just don't shop on Sunday? Mm. Well, I want Walmart to be told you have to close so I don't have to live with the fact that because it's open 24 hours a day, I wake up at 2 in the morning and I don't have the ability to not go to Walmart. Yes. And then I'm at Walmart yes. and I'm like, well, yes. if Walmart would close, then I wouldn't have to be here. Yes. No. No. If something would come into me that would help me, that when I wake up at 2 in the morning and I think I need to go to Walmart, I actually have discovered, no, I don't actually have to go to Walmart right now. And Walmart can stay open if it wants to. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, we saw it, you know, Black Friday shopping. We saw all these people say, you know, well, I can't believe they're open. Well, then don't go. <laughs> well, if they weren't open and they wouldn't have this great sale, I wouldn't go. Well, no, actually, I, I didn't go shopping. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe it's because they didn't have a deal I wanted. I don't know. But I don't need the law to tell me. But we want to create this world where we've got all these rules, all these laws, and then we'll have charitable people. So, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, then we have charity. No, we need Christ. Yes. <laughs> so... The church says every year we need to be reminded of this. That we can lose this. Like you can lose what Christmas was really about. And so the church says, let's start over and let's try for four weeks to imagine what my life would be like without Christ. Mm-hmm. That's perfect, so, Father. Uh, and, and it's super relevant to me because Fairway's coming to Harrisburg. They open oh! today. Congratulations oh, to all the people of the area of Harrisburg. We have been waiting for a long time. I've only been waiting five months, but uh, talk <laughs> about it. Advent. Advent. Yep. <laughs> like, this is like, imagine. So imagine the experience we've been having for weeks, 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 and then even months. Like something happened when we were first told that the ground was good. Like that's where that's where Fairway's going. Oh like, the yep. people were so excited. They've been, they, don't, they don't have a grocery store. Right, Harrisburg doesn't have a grocery store. Like there's there's thousands of people out there, yeah, and there's no grocery store. But the minute they said that's the land, something began to grow in them. And then when they saw the construction people show up, and something even more, and then the 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 building went up, and then all of a sudden the other day the sign was on there, and I'm like, it's happening. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, why does this matter to me? It's not like I cook or something. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be the least one there. But uh, so um, so, th- and then when it opens today, it's opening today. Like I'm telling you, that place is gonna be a zoo. Mm-hmm. This is Advent. Is all of that time that is coming until that point when it opens. Uh, um, and so it is, I guess the reason that I'm like in five different directions That's right, right now. One of the directions is fairway closes on Sundays. Oh. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm great. I'm like, wow, that's impressive, you know. But I'm like, well, if, if I'm excited about that and I think that's the way to go, I should be at home every Sunday and not doing anything. Right. Now, my guess is, even if I did that, I probably would carve out the things that I want. So if I didn't shop on Sundays, I would probably, I'm not one that likes to shop on Sundays. And so I can do all of, I, I can't shop, right. or I can't mow the lawn, right. or I can't take out the garbage, or I can't do these things. But I'm going to go to a coffee shop and sit and talk to people. Yes, and then make those people work. work. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so just, just so that we can get in our head, like we oftentimes live differently mm-hmm. than we like have an idea Christianity should be lived. And this, this is where then I think we can come. Okay, let's pretend we do do that. Let's pretend that this 
uh, world is carved out where we're able to not do anything on Sundays, all right? And then where, uh, okay, we set up a nice little structure so that we're always nice to our moms and we don't buy them styrofoam cup advent wreaths, but we always take the energy and the effort to go buy them a real one, a beautiful one from like a floor shop, which is what her heart really wants. Okay, and then let's pretend that anytime a beautiful lady's walking by, we're able to just see her in the glory that God has. Okay, we set up all of these rules like don't shop on Sunday so that I don't have to really engage anything inside of me. Number one, I get an idea that my own power is enough. Mm-hmm. Number two, I don't really experience how weak I am. And number three, I don't need Jesus. Right. Welcome to the world of Israel. Mm-hmm. This is the world Israel lived in. Before Israel is another story, yep. but once Israel began, the word of God, the Lord began to work in their lives and bring them together. And he gave them the law. Yep. Right? And it did help. It was like, this is a path you can get going. But Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Like Christ right. is a new power that enters this world. And it, it sort of helps, you know, the law is still there. It gives us this conscience we, we like our consciences begin to work on it but in the end there's something totally new and you're like my gosh <laughs> I don't know you're open on Sunday you're not open on Sunday I don't know I don't care do you know Jesus <laughs> like, like I, I just bought my mom an advent wreath this year I didn't do one last year because I was a, a Scrooge you know this year I'm like I really think that the Lord's working in my life I bought mom an advent wreath this is what we're waiting for and each year we can get lost in the sidetracks and we can become people we're not supposed to be. And all of a sudden we need to beg again. Lord, I need you again. Lord, be born in my heart again. Lord, come and see me. That's what we're waiting for. Can we be as excited about the possibility of Christmas as we are about fairway opening and have it be some, something so real in our lives that we want it now? But you can't make God happen according to your will. So we wait. And I think the other challenge we could face in a sense is, okay, well, Fairway opens. Now the next store opens, next grocery store in town. And are you just as excited? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's this reality that we know we know Christmas happened. We know we can go. I can, I, we've been there. We've been to the place where Jesus was born. We've seen it. It's happened. It, it's old news. We need something new. We want something new. You know. So we hear about Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. And so we have to keep thinking... We have to make Christmas something more instead of discovering what is it really about and looking in myself and to see where, where, where am I missing it? Like, okay, so maybe you got the Advent wreath now. Okay. So are you done? I mean, are, is, yeah. there, is there no other room for improvement? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Father John's got it all put together. Now he's got the Advent wreath, so he doesn't need anything <laughs> more. And I think we get to this place and we do this without even thinking about it, right? Well, I'm good enough. Or I'm not as bad as... Mm. You know, no, it never ends. Like, I have to be honest and say deep within me, there will always be a room for improvement. Not because somehow, you know, I'm not a good enough person, but because the potential for each person is only really bound by what God wants to do with us. You know, you you look at that and you say, well, do I believe that? You know, uh, do I believe that God can do incredible things? with us if we let him but we just say well as long as i can get the advent wreath built then i'm good so now i'm good i don't Mm. you know every year i buy my mom an advent wreath i'm great 
Every year I do this. I'm such a great mm-hmm. kid. Okay, well, how about Easter? What do we do for Easter? Or, you know, like, will it allow it to expand in that? And we do see it with, you know, and Jesus saw it in the Jewish people, you know, because they were so bound. It's like, if your son fell on a sister and you're telling me that on the Sabbath you wouldn't go get him? <laughs> yeah. Nope, sorry. Nope, nope, sorry. But some of them wouldn't, and they would be justified. Uh-huh. Well, he shouldn't have fallen in the cistern on a Sabbath. <laughs> he should have been watching himself. Yeah, well, he wasn't. What? He must have not been following this rule. He wasn't following the rules. Yeah. It was his own fault. <laughs> yeah, and we do that sometimes. I mean, I yeah. think about that in my own life. You know, sometimes you walk by somebody who looks like they're downtrodden, and part of me thinks it's their own fault. Get a job. If they would have lived, blah 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 blah, they wouldn't be on the side of. The, I, I don't know that. Yeah. Because I can make that judgment, then I make myself feel better mm-hmm. because it's not my obligation. Instead of saying, Jesus, you put this person here, why? Is it just to provoke in me something? Is it for me to actually help them? What am I supposed to do with this person? Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge is it's going to be different for everyone. So I didn't wake up and say, gosh, I've never gotten my mother an Advent wreath. Because I don't know that that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So I don't sit here and say, well, mom's going to get nine Advent wreaths every year because yeah. each kid has to give her an Advent wreath because we're all trying to compete to be the best <laughs> yeah. son. No, I wasn't asked to. But maybe I was asked to do something else. And I didn't do it. Okay, well. And that's, I think, the hard part to try to convey to somebody, this is what prayer this is what a relationship with Christ is like. This is what we want for you. Now, we have a structure mm-hmm. that will hopefully help guide you, but at some point, we want you to experience yes. what we're talking about. But I can't make you experience it. So Yeah, and that, that's really important for... I think that, that is important for those who say, you know, you're saying they wanted to take... They want to take Jesus out of this equation, that we can live being good without Christ, okay? And that really, if you begin to look at it, I mean, look at the world is in chaos. And then we go to the soccer field and say, oh, Johnny's a good boy, and we're doing, we're collecting mittens, and we're doing these things. Why do you need Jesus? Like, that's that's the modern equivalent. Like, if we look sure. at our real lives, that's what we're saying. Now, the question is, when Johnny is somebody who won't clean up his room, let's can we account for that and say how do we get johnny to be someone who cleans up his room sure. um or you know we can carve out these areas where it looks like we have it all together we're midwestern mm-hmm. people we are fairly affluent in the eyes of the world uh like we don't have to see human destitution that often no. what there's a lot of schools in this city that um will show you that there's something sure. difficult going on. In and Watertown we can well. have a nice little school environment where we don't have to recognize, or we can move to another school, or we can open enroll somewhere mm-hmm. else, or we can do all these things. And what are we doing? We're avoiding the fact that there's a broken world, and we're broken because we don't want to enter into it. Right. Yeah. We're broken in that we want to move out. I love, is it C.S. Lewis in, I don't know what book, and he talks about how people keep moving out further, 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 further. They move out, 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 oh, out, yep. out. Uh, the Great Divorce. The Great Divorce. So they move yeah. away from the bus, the bus station. So his analogy is heaven and hell are both attainable. You just have to get on the bus and go. Yeah. And what happens is you make a choice to move further away from the bus depot. <laughs> uh, and at some point you forget that there's a bus that would take you to the other place. Yeah. Uh, because you just, you just forget. 
I thought about that so immediately and that we can move, you know, people don't want to live in the center of a city because that's where the difficult places are. That's where the trouble is, you know, or, you know, and regentrification is coming about in a lot of cities and stuff. But in, in the end, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, if I just move further out, then I don't have to be, you know, my kids don't have to be in the neighborhood with the bad kids. <laughs> but anyway, my whole point is to ensure that we look clearly at what we're talking about. The world is broken and we're a part of this and we can carve a world where we don't have to experience this. But we all know inside our own families there's something going on that we wish it wasn't. We all know in our own heart there's a part of us. Okay, the world is saying that can be changed without Jesus. Right. That's Now, the part that I was sort of realizing is if you haven't personally experienced the change Jesus makes in your life, Mm -hmm. then what we're saying just sounds like a bunch of... (laughs) Uh, hoops and hopes and dreams. <laughs> but if you have... Well, you, well, and actually, I think even maybe, as you were saying this and we are thinking about it, a greater conviction to me is we've actually presented a Christianity without Christ to people and we're scandalized that they don't want it. That we're the ones that have done it. Because <laughs> yes. how many times have people said, well, I see those people in church Sunday after Sunday and then they're scoundrels. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem to care. And, and they're living this dual life. Well, I go to church on Sunday, you know. And so maybe it's actually that we've presented Christianity without Christ. Yeah. And we're shocked that nobody wants to follow it. Yeah. But if we'd actually present a Christianity with Christ, they might not follow it. But it's going to be for a different reason. Yes. And then they're going to have a reason, Dumble. It's going to be reasonable to them. Like, oh, I understand why they do that. I'm not, well, I'm not going to do that. But or that you're just sense. intrigued by them. Think about, you know, we were just talking last night, uh, Herod with John the Baptist. There's something about this man that, that intrigues me. Now, he still mm-hmm. killed him, still chopped off his head. <laughs> but he had to admit that there was <laughs> something in this man. There's something about him. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. But there's something about him. And so, too, I think for us, do people look at us as Christians really, you know, even the early Christians, same thing. There's something about these people. They don't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Uh, we, we make sense to people. Yeah. And they just say, well, that's one way to live. Yeah. But I'm going to live a different way. And I'm going to give to the United Way. And I'm going to give to the Humane Society. I'm going to give to these other things. And I'm just as charitable. Yes. And that's true. Yes. That they are charitable. Mm-hmm. That is true that they're doing, I mean, that's like, great stuff that should provoke us to say well what's why i gotta go to mass on sunday uh and and this is the 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 turning point that i had to wrestle with a couple years ago if that's duplicity what then is a proposal of real christianity and this is this is there's two possibilities to recorrect that to double down on we had all better be better don't be duplicitous. Don't be, uh, what, I can't even, what was the word? Duplicitous. I'm thinking to myself, everybody on the radio right now is thinking, Father John thinks he's really smart. <laughs> what's the other, what's the word you used? Not du- duplicitous. Uh, when you do one thing and sure. say well, one thing and do it. Hypocrite, yeah. yeah. They're hypocrites, okay. What, what's, what is the authentic proposal of Christianity? It's not to double down just on, okay, I'm not going to be bad outside of Mass on Sunday. The, the correction to it is to be able to say, I really am a bad person. I know I'm a hypocrite, but there's this Jesus, and like I'm no longer a liar. Or, well, I guess that would be the wrong thing. No. I'm no longer a philanderer, or I'm no longer a drunk. 
I know I'm a hypocrite, but like this drunk thing, uh, to be able to say that there's a part in my life where something is being changed, that like sure. Christ is the savior of me. I am a hypocrite. Well, then the minute I say that, I'm really not a hypocrite. Right. And that's, that's the thing, and we'll have to take a break here quick. Because uh, somebody had said, you know, to be a hypocrite means I don't believe what I'm saying. So there's a distinction. I do believe this. I just don't live it. <laughs> and I know that. So, mm-hmm. so it's this reality. Like, again, I can then say, I know I do this. And I don't want to do it. Like St. Paul. Yeah. And I'm waiting until Christ decides that he's going to help me. Yes. But I have to be able to be okay with the reality that that's true. Instead of pretending like it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and can you feel that subtle reason to go the other way though to to say like to the christian then is one who is a hypocrite no the christian is one who says i am a hypocrite like and only he can save me right. that's the christian right because right? it's so easy i remember being at st lambert's and thinking we better all get better because people out there are starting to hear about st lambert and if we're if they come here and experience something that's not of god like what's going to happen no actually the truth is you're going to come here and experience a bunch of broken people but stay around long enough, and you're going to start to change. That's Christianity. Perfect. 12 or 13, I started drinking occasionally and, and smoking marijuana daily. By the time I was 14, I was trying other things, pills and hallucinogens like mushrooms and acid. When I was 16 is when I started on meth. I'm Troy. I'm from Iowa. By the time I was 18, I was in prison. I robbed the drug dealer. It was a drug deal gone bad. Ended up spending five years of my life in prison. Meth was a recreational thing on the weekends. Still smoking pot on a daily basis. Getting my new business up and going. It started to be more than just a weekend thing. It ended up being a daily thing where I just had to survive off of it. My meth use had caused me into buying quantities of it, which caused the cops to follow me around and drive by my house. They were watching me. When you know it's time to quit, but you don't know how to begin, call Tallgrass at 605-368-5559. You'll get your life back, and one you never dreamed was possible. Hi, this is Megan Dolly. We are coming up on my favorite time of year at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. It's exciting to package up all the Advent wreath and candle orders, knowing that Catholics around the country are starting and sharing Advent traditions. If you don't have a family Advent tradition, let DiscountCatholicProducts.com help you. We even have a guide on how to use Advent wreaths. Find over 5,000 Catholic items at DiscountCatholicProducts.com and shop with confidence knowing you are supporting a local Catholic business. In heaven, that is the salvation of healing and feast. Did you know that Lamb Radio was 100% listener-supported? Join us in broadcasting the message of Jesus Christ through eastern South Dakota by going to LambRadio.com. Hi, this is Megan Dolly. We are coming up on my favorite time of year at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. It's exciting to package up all the Advent wreath and candle orders, knowing that Catholics around the country are starting and sharing Advent traditions. If you don't have a family Advent tradition, let DiscountCatholicProducts.com help you. We even have a guide on how to use Advent wreaths. Find over 5,000 Catholic items at DiscountCatholicProducts.com and shop with confidence knowing you are supporting a local Catholic business.
Let's go back to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by DiscountCatholicProducts.com, your one-stop online shopping experience for the Catholic community, and Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. And now back to Rutten Radio. Welcome back, near and far, to Rutten Radio. A life of love and laughter and... Oh, I wish so, Joe was here. Well, <laughs> hey, no, I kidding. thought the first quarter <laughs> no, went kidding. really well. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm grateful. Uh, so we were, for all of you that listen instead of watch, visualize on this camera here, I always forget that when the show is off air, it's still on air. If you want, you can go to lambradio.com and watch on the cube. You can see the whole thing live. I'm not sure why people want to do that, except... You might get to see me pick my nose or well, something. I no, you know, know what I've heard? Here's what, what people say is sometimes we sound too much alike, and it's hard to figure out who's talking. Ah. And so they like to see us because ah. then they can see who's talking. So, so brief side note. This is a really important w- thing in education, to let others tell you about the position they're in. Mm-hmm. And you can learn. Like, yeah. So the new person or the person that's not a Christian or the person that's not going to Mass, to be in a place where you'll allow them to really tell you what's going on, I would have never known that our voice sound the same, you know? So that's, yeah. you can so, watch on the cube. That's what people have told me, that okay. they just sometimes can't keep, right. keep up when we're moving between sure. each other, and they like to know who said what, uh, so, so, they can, so they can give credit to... Whoever made that. <laughs> so you can watch online. That's why I actually went with Father John when I was first ordained instead of Father Rutten yeah. was because I figured people are going to get stories confused and they're not going to know there's two of us, Father right. Ruttons. And I would really be upset if all credit. of the bad stories about Father Rutten were really Paul and I was getting blamed for him. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going with Father John. I'm not getting blamed for all that. No. Here we go. I think right. it would be the other way around. No. Why is this priest telling scandalous stories about his past? Uh, uh, no, so, no, 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 no. during the middle of the show, we're all still here. And yeah. Heather is the great producer here that helps bring all this about. This is actually her show yes. that we yes, started is. taking over over, and then it, we became such a something, then a show has grown out of Heather. So Heather's our mom. Yep. <laughs> She's laughing right now, but yeah, well, Heather's our mom. Uh, and <laughs> during the show, we sort of have some things. And Heather has real questions, and she could pretend, no, I'm the producer, or she could take seriously, like, I have a question with these guys. Like, I won't interrupt their show, at least kind of not interrupt, but she does with a question. And we had a great conversation about the life of people before sure. Jesus. Would you say so something? So Heather's Paul? question was, what were people like before Jesus? Uh, and so, you know, I, again, we can't know everything about people. But in a sense, humanity was brutal. It really was just simply power one. Like, there was just this sense of, well, that's how it works. I mean, life was hard. 
You know, this is the thing, like, we can't even fathom how hard life was just to live. Like, you had to spend most of your time and energy staying alive. Uh, and so the strongest prevail. And, and so anything that's weak, anything that's going to slow me down, get rid of it. Get rid of it. We don't need that idea. Now, in that, what we begin to realize is God is always revealing himself, and God is always bringing humanity along to this way of life. And so we do see, you know, Socrates, Plato, we see uh, the Greeks, mm-hmm. and we do see an advancement in the way we think but ultimately, I really still think the book, Lord of the Flies, if you've not read it, that is humanity. Uh, when left to itself, strongest survives. When left to itself, again, otherwise, well, it's all about utility. Which, so, But then along comes this man named Jesus, and he begins to speak and act and do things in a way that's contrary. You know, so when he tells the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, the Good Samaritan doesn't take that person to a hospital. Because they don't exist. Uh, let's think about that for a minute. Really? Think about what? Right. So he doesn't take them to a hospital. He, now, that doesn't mean there's not a doctor, a man who practices medicine, but there is not a facility designed to take care of people who are sick. There's an inn, so they take him to the inn and leave him with the innkeeper. <laughs> That's I mean, interesting. Can you imagine going to the Holiday Inn? Like... I've got cancer. I'm checking in at the Holiday Inn and the lady at the front desk is in charge of me. Yeah. Or if you wanted to be a really good Christian, you went downtown and there was some homeless person beat up and you were going to take care of them, you would take them to Avera. Right. You wouldn't take them to the Holiday Inn. And then leave them. He leaves. You know, like he leaves. So this reality. So what happens? Christianity comes. And all of a sudden people say, there's got to be something better. And so these people begin to live in a way that they say, we'll take them. We'll take these people. You know, so even in the Roman civilization, they were scandalized. Because if they had a baby that was kind of sick or deformed or they didn't like, they just left it outside and it would just die. We'll have another one. The Christians would come along and they would pick the child up and take it home and care for it. Now, the Romans were like, well, they must have some sort of, you know, weird ritual where they're going to sacrifice that child and they just need children to sacrifice and they don't want to sacrifice their own. No, (laughs) no. Christ has changed these people. And they say, even though this child would die in two days or a day, what if we give it love and life and nurture it? Maybe it won't die. Maybe it will live. Hmm. And it will live beyond what we can imagine. Not just because it can produce for me, though. So this idea that, you know, but we're falling right back into it. You know, so again, you know, well, well, Grandma's getting old and she's really kind of, you know, she doesn't do much anymore. So, well... What do we do with her? <laughs> well, our culture is going to give us answers, and they're not Christian. Our culture is going to say, well, we can speed it up. We can make it, you know, her comfortable. Uh, or a Christian can say, no, you have value. Lots of value. Uh, because Christ is in you. Because Christ has transformed you. And the life that you live can be lived in a different way. But again, I think the challenge that we face is we've done such a good job of, of living the Christian life that we've created a culture that looks Christian. And so we can go for a little while on this without actually having Christ a part of it. But it's, it's going to fall apart. Uh, and it is falling apart. Yeah. And we had, uh, I had a 
number of friends that teach, and I've been interested in how I'm fascinated by education, and so I ask them a lot of questions about it, and I'm interested in how they talk about their students. And the more I talk to them, you know, some of them teach in some pretty tough places or some, you know, difficult environments with difficult students who are coming home uh, or coming to school. And the, I didn't imagine this. They love coming to school. Why do they love coming to school? Because they get to eat. Do you know? Do, I had no idea these kinds of places existed in Sioux Falls. Did you know that? People love to come to Sioux Falls because they get to eat. Because this is a place where it's stable. Like, I know who's going to be here. This is a place where, like, I'm cared for. Like, I'm like, what? This is, I had no idea. There are people that can go home on Friday and not eat until Monday. This exists in our city. Like, I had no idea. I was like, so I'm talking to these teachers, and all of a sudden it occurs to me. They're not saying it. It occurs to me. They're Christian. The teacher you can remove God from the classroom, but you can't move the person who is different. You can't move, you can't take out the person who can look at the child with compassion. You can't take out the person, and, the, and, the per, and people want the teacher who will look with compassion, right? Even the people who don't want God in the classroom want the teacher who will help the person. And the question is, what makes the teacher do that? How many teachers leave after five years? How many te- the, the number of people that have a desire to educate people and then get into the reality and have to leave? Let's look at the lives of the people who stay with it. Let's go to the origin of who they are. Do they know Jesus? Maybe not every one of them, but I'm going to bet if we go to the origin, we're going to find the people who live a different way have him living in them. And leading them on a way. And that's why they can look and they can say, you know what? Here's some extra food. Here's some extra things. Right? And they have backpack programs and they have developed these things. But if we don't see the origin of what produces all those things, we'll think that we of our own human accord can find a way out of this. But the school systems are falling. The healthcare systems are falling. Our world is like crumbling and we can carve out a little area where the people who make policy have it just fine and we can not think we need Jesus. In the end, only the light will shine in the darkness. And the light is not an idea. It lives in a person. And if you look at the people who are changing the world, that make you see something new enter in, who can go into the places we're all running from, who can do something more than enact laws or policies, but they themselves give of something that doesn't make sense why they would give. You will find one who has given that person a kind of love that moved them. That's Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, whew. There we go. Wow. I have one thing to segue. Okay. <laughs> I've been corrected. Uh-oh. Here's my need for Jesus. Laura Woods, Laura Rutten Woods, has informed me that she did the styrofoam cups. In case mom's listening, 
it wasn't her idea. So if anybody thought mom was the one who did oh. the styrofoam cups. Laura did it for Yes, mom. and Laura had offered the, so sorry, mom, it wasn't you who did the styrofoam cups. It was me who didn't just get the whole, I think I'm, I'm almost sure I bought the, the candles at least. Uh, but <laughs> Laura said, dad was turning over in his grave when he saw her do that. Because <laughs> dad loved Advent and oh, had I that know. Advent wreath oh, in the can with the prayers yep. and the rosaries and stuff. I mean, Advent was a big deal for dad so he would have been ashamed <laughs> that we were doing he styrofoam waiting for, for christ to come into yeah. our lives so sorry mom it wasn't you laura is responsible for having done that <laughs> heinous act uh we forgive you you can go to confession <laughs> so now okay. okay so advent isn't just this time of waiting it's an actual season yes what 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 does it mean for catholic and i think for christians i think most Christians that have a liturgical basis, Advent means something really important. Yeah, I mean, again, as we said in the beginning, it is this time of preparation for Christmas. And, and, and I think the challenge, like anything, is being willing to wait. And I think it's a reflection, again, that we're not very good at it. <laughs> we're really bad at waiting. And it's getting worse and worse because our culture never makes us wait. Right? I mean, like, we wait for nothing. Uh, you know, Amazon will now, in some cities, deliver within the day. So you can, ah, in some cities, gosh. order something online, and in a couple hours, it will come to your house. So, and not by drone yet, but it shows up. So we don't have to wait for anything. Kids don't have to wait for shows. They don't, we don't wait. We don't wait for commercials. We, we just, and the church says, no, actually, you can't move Christmas. You can't move it. It's going to be on the 25th. Like it or not, it's on the 25th. Uh, and so this reality of, of, of four Sundays, uh, and it actually is, again, probably contrary to most people's knowledge, there is a penitential nature to it. So we wear purple. Now, if you're really liturgically inclined, there's two different purples you wear. A purple at Lent and a purple at Advent. There really is actually two different purples, but we won't get into that. So there's a sense of, of penitential. And part of the penance <laughs> is having to wait. Uh-huh. But again, just like Lent, there is that one Sunday where Father comes out wearing the rose-colored vestment uh, because there is joy and hope uh, in the midst of it all. So we have three weekends, uh, the first, the second, and the fourth in purple as we penitentially, patiently, not so patiently wait for Christmas. We have one weekend, the third, uh, in which we celebrate and we rejoice because it's almost here. Uh, and so it really is, we don't sing the Gloria or say the Gloria on the Sundays during, during Advent as well. Again, the church is trying to say, think about life without Christ. Like imagine this just for four weeks and to see where in your life is Christ not so that you can pray for that coming at Christmas uh, in a new way. Uh, so, now this year, again, one of the, the challenges, and you probably face this as well, this is, I think, in one sense, the worst Christmas ever. Because Christmas falls on a Monday, which means Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, which is actually the fourth Sunday of Advent. <laughs> so, priests are going to have the Advent wreath out, light the fourth candle at 11 o'clock in the morning, and then at noon, tear everything down, move everything out of the way, prepare for Christmas, and at 3 o'clock, all these people are going to show up for Christmas. So we really don't get four weeks this year. 
uh, we get three weeks and about three hours of Advent. <laughs> so Christmas comes, you know, and that makes it really difficult. Hmm. You know, and we were talking about this at the gym the other day. You know, will people come to church on Sunday morning? they're going to come Sunday evening. So I wouldn't go twice. I mean, who goes to church twice in one day? But they've then missed the fourth Sunday of Advent mm. and just jumped right into Christmas. Uh, and the reason that you say that this is twice on Sunday is because the people who come to the Christmas Vigil Mass are very different. They're, they're the people who usually go to the Sunday second or third Mass. Right. And so they're going to want to typically on a Sunday go to the 930. Yep. But then they're also like it's the kids mass or whatever at yep. 430. And so they would end up on the same day. Yeah. So Just, who, yeah. who gets your kid dressed, bring him to church <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then turn around and go back home and then have to figure out what to do with them and then bring them back. Yeah. Uh, so I've encouraged just come Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, for know, all of for, for all everyone, of, just come Saturday night, and then you can come Sunday night, and then we'll all be happy. But some just you know they'll choose not yeah. to come. Whatever. For all of you in Harrisburg, that's why we inserted a Saturday evening oh. mass. We don't have Saturday mass right. in Harrisburg, okay. but for this weekend we did, so that people had the option. And and I wasn't going to do it, and then I realized, wait a minute, uh, if you have kids. You can live by the law all you want, but those kids are, are going to express all of their humanity, and it would be chaos. And I thought, we need to make sure there's an option for yeah. parents to go Sunday, Saturday evening for their weekend obligation, mm -hmm. and then Sunday evening for Christmas, and then that way they can have a right. good Christmas otherwise. Because how do you explain to a three-year-old going to church on Christmas Eve in the morning isn't actually Christmas? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to explain to 30-year-olds. Right. So, so it's all part of it. But again, so, I, I, I do think that one of the challenges is we don't really live Advent. I mean, we've been living Christmas since before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so we really do miss out on, yeah. on what it all really is about. And it, it's hard, you know. So again, it's like, well, what do you do? You know, so I have our Christmas tree up, mm -hmm. but it's not decorated. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, do you wait until Christmas Eve to try to... To decorate for Christmas. And then you're going to be the only one putting it up because all your volunteers are going to say, Father, I love liturgy and I love this right. church seasons and I love all that too, but I'm not coming here and going crazy so for you three can hours. Be, <laughs> so you yeah. can be a, a literalist legalist yeah. and say, well, we didn't start Christmas yeah. early at our church, unlike those uh, pagans. Uh, old, you know, like there's this reality. Like y'all said, this is not real, realistic yeah. uh, in the midst of all. But it would be. I mean, and I don't know, you know, I don't really talk to too many people about what they do for Advent to try to prepare. Hmm. You know, what are the things? I got a great family. Actually, this is uh, the Henriksons in, at Sacred Heart in Yankton, South Dakota. They have a beautiful Sunday tradition where they get together and they say some prayers and they Ooh. have, uh, uh, it's, it's been a number of years since I made it. They always invite me every year. I can't make it, but they've sort of made the Sunday. This, so this is where I would say like the contrary of trying to get everybody closed on Sunday is start something where it becomes attractive that like my Sunday is a place we come together and it's it, like the kids travel from college to come back for it. Uh, I know another priest that's come from a different town so that they can experience oh. it again. Like, it's something you want to be a part of. It's really beautiful. Uh, maybe the tradition of having a meal. Remember dad and mom, they used to, like, cook and we'd Sunday afternoons? Yep. Well, maybe you don't do it every Sunday, but maybe during Advent you cook for your friends. 
Oh, sure. And invite them over. Yeah. And make a big pot of soup and bread. Make it really simple. Invite them over in the afternoon for the rosary or invite them over for some prayers. Light the Advent wreath. Have a meal and, and prepare. Wouldn't that be beautiful? It's short time. It's only four times. It gives you the excuse to let go of some of your activities that you're usually doing and kind of focus it in another area. And it's focused toward an area in which Christ w- is, is bound to come, mm-hmm. which is the communion, the community, which is the people, which is this desire to share this life together. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Yeah. That would be great. That's how you could prepare for Advent. And what I want to uh, point out is I'll put it on Facebook on the Rutten Radio Show. There is a post on the Facebook page of Teresa Henriksen oh. with Marie Stewart and Ann Engen and Shauna Reardon. Do you know what they got? They're all drinking out of Rutten Radio mugs. Oh. <laughs> yes, look at here. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Isn't it amazing? No, the so, only reason I go, no, is, as you know, I have tried to order those mugs. And God won't let me. Isn't it something? I've tried four times. And every time, the order goes through, and then it cancels. I got a great idea. And, and And I've tried different credit cards. I've tried different things. So I finally said, I guess God doesn't want me to order these mugs. And I've given up. Not not out of despair, but I've just said, okay, fine. I'm a slow learner. But Lord, I've tried. I've tried different credit cards. I know how to order things online. I've ordered other things. You must not want me. But it's crazy. It'll order. It'll mm-hmm. come through. I'll get an email. It'll tell me when they're going to come. And then I go look and it'll say canceled. The order's canceled. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm done. I'm done. I got a request before we take a break. If you want to do something for Rutten Radio, if you're grateful for what Rutten Radio brings you once a month, buy us a coffee mug so we can drink coffee and look at ourselves oh. <laughs> that would be awesome so we'll put the the page on our rutten radio website and you can send us a mug because god doesn't want us to get them ourselves he wants us to beg did you try no oh okay no i kind of had given i i was amazed that i got the facebook page done the no, logo no, 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 okay. issue with the logo yep. that was enough to mm-hmm. take it out of me so <laughs> all right Grateful for all of you who have been with us on Rutten Radio. Let's take a break, and we will be back in a moment. Lamb Catholic Radio would like to welcome Jeff Alvey with Fairtax, Inc. as our newest business underwriter. Fairtax, Inc. is a locally owned and operated tax and bookkeeping company serving Sioux Falls and the surrounding areas. Thanks to Fairtax, Inc. for underwriting programming on Lamb Catholic Radio. Get the Lamb Catholic Radio app and listen anytime, anywhere. Just go to our website, lambradio.com, click on the icon of choice to download the app, and take Lamb Catholic Radio with you wherever you go. One of the great ways that Discount Catholic Products has changed my life is that I have a much deeper connection to my Catholic faith, and I have become more confident in my faith. Hi, this is Megan Dolly, owner of DiscountCatholicProducts.com here in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and I get to help people on their faith journey. I handle prayer cards, medals, books, and all kinds of sacramentals every day. And in doing that, I can't help but grow in my faith. And we want to help our customers do the same thing. Find us online at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. Seize the Day birthday segment is being brought to you by Dental Center in Aberdeen. 
Dr. Merksbauer and Dr. Meyer are committed to serving their patients, including providing information that helps them to make more informed decisions about their oral health needs. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Father John Short at Holy Spirit in Mitchell, Father Andrew Dickinson at the Newman Center in Brookings and St. Paul Parish in White, Father Daniel Smith, Pastor in Clark, Florence and Henry, Father Jerry Copel, Pastor in Gettysburg and Oneida, and Father Gary Lance, retired in Chamberlain. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. Seize the Day birthday segment has been brought to you by Dental Center in Aberdeen. Dental Center offers dental treatments that include porcelain veneers, dental implants, dental exams, and restorations. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 6th. Today we celebrate St. Nicholas. Children of all ages can readily identify the saint we honor today. The man with the twinkling eyes, the smiling face, and the ample body in the pillowed red suit. We don't know exactly what he looked like, nor do we have many hard facts about him. But that is no impediment to his popularity. Historically, we can pinpoint only the fact that Nicholas was the Bishop of Mira in Asia Minor in the 4th century. Perhaps the best-known legend about him concerns his charity toward a poor man who was unable to provide dowries for his three daughters of marriageable age. Rather than see them forced into prostitution, Nicholas secretly tossed a bag of gold through the poor man's window on three separate occasions so all the daughters could be married. In time, this legend involved into the custom of gift-giving on the saint's feast. In English-speaking countries, St. Nicholas became Santa Claus by a twist of the tongue, further expanding the example of generosity portrayed by this holy bishop. Though Nicholas died in the mid-fourth century, his legend lives on. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Roman Schroeder, John Tyler, and Deacon Francis Graff. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota. Remember a loved one, honor a friendship, create a legacy.
My name is Callie Stevens. I am a freshman at Mount Marty College and I am from Florence, Montana. And I am going into the nursing field with a background in parks and recreation. My early conversations with my freshman advisor, Sister Candy, started out with her talking to me about archery and how much I loved it. It's the first varsity program in South Dakota, and I'm the first varsity archer in South Dakota. So she kind of used the line, you can make history this way, and that was pretty cool as an 18-year-old person, I know, who wouldn't want to make history. What I like most about Yankton is being five minutes from the largest archery facility in the world, and I also love hunting. I am able to take my car and actually go hunting about 10 to 15 minutes from the school. I can go hiking, I can go swimming. I can pretty much do anything out here that I could back home in Montana. It's a lot like home, and that's what I love most about here. And let's go back to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by DiscountCatholicProducts.com, your one-stop online shopping experience for the Catholic community, and Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. And now back to Rutten Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rutten Radio. You've got two of the three today. And Father Joe is at the Catholic Men's Business Conference. Joe's not a... Well, he is a father. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But, oh, Joe Rutten. <laughs> I see. If any of you guys have any problems out there with the three of us, don't worry, I do too. Yeah, Joe is not a father of a priest. He is a father of three children, which congratulations, yes. Joe and Laura Rutten, on the birth of your third boy. Mm, we could go that direction. Okay, let's take... What, what's his name? Nicholas. Nicholas, and what yes. is today? Today is the Feast of St. Nicholas. Nicholas. Happy Feast Day, Nick. <clears throat> And all the yes. Nicholases, all the Nicholases out there. So, uh, so Joe's there. So you got two of the three of us. And I was thinking to myself, we're doing pretty good. We think we are. Yeah, I think I'm doing. Yeah. I no, was, no, no, I was no, 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 nervous no, 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 when no. Joe said no. I was like, boy, we better have a guest. We better get somebody on here. And then I was like, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. We're just going to have to roll with it, I guess. And what I realize, I think I've stepped up. I can see like how easy in Christianity, like we either think the priest should be doing oh, sure. or we like place we place what we're looking for on someone else in the church. And and I think I do that. When I come here, I think, oh, Joe's gonna lead us. Joe will take care of it. Joe will do whatever. Well, one, because he does a great job. He does. <laughs> he does do, yeah. And so I was just thinking during the break, we're doing a pretty good job. And I was like, I think part of it has to do with the fact that like I'm owning it. Sure. Yeah, you're 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 the one in charge. Yeah, and even yep. you, I've tried to like take, and you're like, you're in charge, John. You know, yep. so so you have helped me not by like taking over. You've helped me by reminding me of who I am. Sure, I'm the one that's leading here, yep. and because of it, I've just like engaged it, and I'm like, wow, I really love this. Imagine just what, what the Joe church would look like. Right? If everybody said, I'm owning this, we might have a bunch of hypocrites in this place, but I know Jesus, I met him, and I'm going to own this. What the world would look like if, if we did that. So that's the, the, the show. The, I think the challenge, and this is the legitimate challenge, is there's an anxiety when you say that. Because there's a part of me that thinks, what if what they want to own isn't what I want them to own? Uh. Uh, and I have to trust that if it's authentic, God will take care of it, you know. Uh, because I can still remember one time a, a priest had said someone came up after Mass and was berating him for the way he had celebrated Mass. 
uh, and it wasn't according to this and that. And he said, you know, I did go to school for this and I, I do know the, what, what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and I do know that I am actually within what the church permits. So, okay. But sometimes we take upon ourselves the idea that we're here to tell everyone else how to do their job yeah. instead of actually just saying, well, what am I really supposed to do in the midst of this all? Um, but you're right. If, if people would really do what Christ is asking, and notice that the only way God could get you to, to enter into this is by having Joe double book himself. Yeah. Uh, so that we can see this. But to also know that we needed Joe and we wanted Joe because he produced our outline. And from that outline, we've worked on the show and we haven't used much of the outline. But that's all right. We don't yeah. really, you know, we just need to have an outline so that we can start. Yeah. Uh, and I think then we can see there is a part. So we needed the outline. Yes. Right. And it kind of put us in a good position, but we also needed the freedom to live it in the moment. You know, so there isn't a rule book to being Catholic, to being yeah. uh, a faithful person. It, uh, you got to live it in the moment. You got to take seriously what's in front of me, and you take account of all the things. And there are the commandments. There's these ways in which we live. There's the liturgical season, but you got to live it in the moment, and then it kind of has fluidity. And if we're trying to impose a bunch of things from the way I was raised on people, and there's no freedom, right. you know, so maybe your traditions in your house for Christmas and Advent are going to be different. Than the way you were raised, mm -hmm. it's a place to begin, right. but have some freedom. Maybe your daughter, who's five, has a great idea that could be something that when you're all in a nursing home somewhere, you're going to be doing yourself because you gave the space for her. Mm -hmm. So how about we pray for all of those five-year-olds and all of our kids that just got dropped off at school, and we offer blessings and gratitude to God in the name of the, the Father, Father, and the Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the gift of life, for the lives of uh, our children, for those we have been entrusted and cared with, for the lives of our grandchildren, as we've just dropped them off at schools. We would pray that they would be encountering people who help them see the truth of the life they've been given and the love that they have in Jesus Christ, our Lord who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. St. Nicholas, pray, pray for, for us. us. So, who is St. Nicholas? Ah, there we go. Uh, so, there is a tradition in some homes that you would put your shoe outside your door and await a treat. Uh, Fathers Desmond and Drew, she and I were talking about this, and Father Desmond reminded me when we were in seminary, he uh, left his boots, he left both of them because he wanted lots of treats. So he left them both out there and someone took them. <laughs> the, the, the shoes completely took them. Because at the seminary we went to, if you, we call it regalo, a gift. And you would often leave things you didn't want outside your door and people could have them and take them. Well, they must have had a good set of shoes. They had the same size uh, and they took his shoes instead of leaving a gift. They thought it was a gift for them. Uh, the Feast of St. Nicholas, though, Nicholas really was a real person. Uh, he was a bishop uh, in Turkey, uh, the 4th century kind of time frame. Uh, and he was known to have helped people who were poor and, and, and downtrodden. But he always wanted to do it in a way that was mysterious, and he didn't want credit for it. And so he would often leave things uh, without necessarily getting credit for it. Uh, he was also, at this, these are kind of the interesting things about it all, uh, he was at the Council of Nicaea. And so every Sunday we pray the Nicene Creed, and he was there at that council. 
Oh, really? uh, but he got kicked out of the council. Really? For yeah. for being because he uh, slapped another bishop. <laughs> because the really? bishop Arius, yeah, Arius. So the bishop was spouting heresy, and, and Nicholas <laughs> oh, couldn't yeah. take it, and he went over and he just went whack. Uh, and they said, Nicholas, you're <clears> out of <throat> here. Just like in sports, uh, and he sat in jail uh, and had everything taken from him. Uh, and there he he prayed and he apologized and to to God and Our Lady and uh, really had a real revelation for himself about truth and how to handle the truth and whatnot. So you will sometimes see on Facebook uh, that thing of of Nicholas. You know, uh, I've come to bring presents and slap heretics, and I'm all out of president presents. So he really did. But it is an interesting thing to think, you know, again, uh, uh, to fight for the truth requires a sense of passion, not restraint as well. But, I mean, could you imagine what the news would be like if after the <laughs> November meeting of the bishops, it was known that one of them slapped or hit another one of the bishops because they were arguing? Like, we would be, like, scandalized. But they were arguing over the truth, and so there's a sense of willingness to step up and, and, and to really stand for the truth and uh, to, to figure that out. Whereas today, we just kind of can cower from it or we, oh, we don't want to, you know, create waves in that, that sense. Um, so, St. Nicholas uh, is, is a real person um, as well. Very good. Well, I just posted on Facebook the possibility that you could win oh. a rutten Radio. Oh, that's right. We got to give those away. T-shirt. And time is running short. We're at about forty-eight minutes until we conclude the hour, and we would like to give away one T-shirt for one of our faithful listeners. This is a way we're going to get people to listen in the moment. Because if you're listening to this on a recording or on the video that's posted on the website, which, by the way, you can find all of our shows uh, archived on LamRadio.com. You can even go back to the beginning. Not the beginning of Jesus, but to the beginning of this new birth. And watch them again. So, but you can only win by listening live. What's our contest going to be? <laughs> that wasn't on my outline. <laughs> remember, we're living it in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, but remember, I don't live that well. So... Uh, that's, we, that's right. You don't. I that's don't totally that right. Well. Yeah, so, Paul likes to be planned. Like you to, don't I, surprise Paul. No, I don't do well. That's with very so, true. Yeah, um, you I, surprise him for birthdays, but not for nothing else. Well, you do because I don't believe. I mean, I don't see the surprise coming. <laughs> yeah, really, he doesn't. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, so, so I don't know. Let's, let's you, think about you, it for a minute. Did you have some? Uh, or you're really asking the question? No, to be really honest with you, I'm on like four things right now, and <laughs> okay. I'm totally lost for the first time. <laughs> okay. Like, so, I was just so prideful. Uh, I was like, we're great. I'm sure. great. I'm leading well. And literally, so, I'm like, okay, so can you just lead the show? Uh, you know what? I'm going to just jump real quick back. Great. Um, Thanks. <laughs> Advent does lead up to Christmas, and so it is important for us to see the reality, though. Christmas is its own season. And this is where I really feel like because we're always living Christmas early, we don't get to live Christmas, you know. Uh, even, you know, the radio station in town that plays Christmas music from Thanksgiving, they play it up until Christmas, and then after Christmas, they're done. And it's like, no, 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 no! It's still Christmas. Uh, so Christmas is its own season. It, there's actually it goes uh, until February eighth. Uh, so Christmas lasts from the uh, December twenty fifth 
until the 8th of February, January 8th, I apologize, the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord. Um, we also have in the church, and this is something I think if you're going to be really a Catholic, and this is what I do, we have what's called the Octave of Christmas. We have the Octave of Easter. And it's eight days in which we actually celebrate, in a sense, the day again and again and again for eight days. So, I figure if the church is going to celebrate Christmas for eight days, then I should celebrate my birthday for eight days because I'm Catholic. Ah. And if the church ah. celebrates the birth of Christ for eight days, then we should celebrate our birthdays for eight days. Yeah. Not just one day, but eight days. Now, parents, yeah. I'm not responsible for taking care of your kids' eight birthday parties, but think about that. Imagine if you did something for eight days. doesn't be material, but simply for eight days you celebrate their birth. Mm. Not just the day they were born, but for those eight days, there's something about carrying it out further mm -hmm. that helps us to really realize this was a big deal. Uh, this was a really big deal uh, in the midst of it all. So we will have the octave of Christmas as well. So we're going to really celebrate. Uh, so I can still remember, you know, at our house, our parents tried their best to hold off Christmas, and we usually waited until Rick's birthday. I didn't know that. Which was the 15th, is, is the 15th of December. Mm. So often we waited until after Rick's birthday, and then we'd get the tree, begin the decorating, all of those things, uh, as kind of a milestone marker, because where do you, again, like I said, you have to decorate at some point, uh, and you have to get it all out for it. Um, so looking at that, anyways. Um, yeah, the, uh, you made me really experience there for the first time how Christmas could be celebrated and then carried out, right? Mm -hmm. it, by, by looking at it new, this is, this is really helpful to me. Imagine if we did do that with the birthdays. Like the beauty of it would be, okay, this is your birthday. Now let's keep living it for eight right. days. You, would, it, you, you wouldn't be like, okay, eight days before we're going to start celebrating your birthday and then we're going to celebrate it. By the time you got there, it would be all like deflated. Right. No, you would, you, you would just, oh, great, happy birthday to you. Yep. And then you'd do it for eight days. Yep. That's what Christmas is supposed to be. Right. And the, so if we can just kind of feel that for a minute, I think it helps me really enter in ah i see how we could do this uh but it means we gotta we gotta uh let christmas be this beautiful celebration and then want to carry it out um which part of it is i think it would it's helpful to me if i simplify christmas right and that's the problem i think is because we make such a big deal we can't imagine doing this for eight days oh my gosh this would be like i can't do it okay yeah. well maybe you could stretch the presents out for eight days Ah, because most kids probably ah. have more than one present. That's a I don't great know. idea. Um, or you could just some small things. Like what's a little thing we could do to celebrate today? You yeah. know? Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah. And everybody, it's going to be different. Uh, but I, th I do think there's this reality. You know, in a sense, as, as not weird, but I think about our Christmas meal and what came from our Christmas meal: turkey noodle soup and ham and bean soup. From the turkey and from the ham, our dad made these giant pots. <laughs> like, there were still nine remember, children. I still remember when Gabe came and he saw the pot of, of soup and he thought, what is this for? <laughs> and it's like, for us to eat. For how long? And it's like, well, as long as it lasts, you know, a couple days. And he's like, 
like who, who it was like a cauldron who really? has these anyways <laughs> but but to see that okay so from the christmas meal comes these great soups that we can enjoy soup is much simpler to serve to make to have mm-hmm. you know so maybe even look at it and say what is it that we can carry over that's not going to be we don't you know it shouldn't be painful um but how can we just sort of carry this a little bit mm-hmm. into uh season yep and and it, look at look at your life and what makes getting to christmas burdensome what are you grateful for on the 26th to like not have to worry about and think about the possibility you just don't need to do it if decorating your house is like excruciating now if it gives you life and things great if but if it is excruciating and you're so grateful when you're done maybe don't do so much if buying presents is a torture or stuff you know do we really need this much? You know, and maybe you, maybe it's hard, but maybe introduce something where on the eighth day you, I love the idea of give a present every day, give a big one on Christmas and then a present every day Mm -hmm. after that. Uh, There's lots, this is, this in that time, usually kids are off school. So you are home for some extended period of time and you could uh, do those things. Yeah. I love it. And, and begin to celebrate it in that more simple way. Uh, And this I think helps us return to this is good for me. Sure. I'm so grateful. But I'm just thinking about what Christmas looks like at our house and I'm thinking you're going to have to really keep presents far away from the kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's total pandemonium. Total pandemonium. But again, it's just this constant like whoa, all these presents and then you get done and you're like okay, now what? Yeah. Uh, and it's like this quick let let down. You're like, "Well, that was yeah. nice, but uh so, and this is where it feels right to me to flip the order back the way it's supposed to be. Because if you have a big, huge party, and then the next you're like, oh, I want to live that again, you know, and you just live a littler party, mm-hmm. and it's the right ordering of the heart. We aren't having like constant big parties, but you do for eight days, you just have the littler parties, mm-hmm. and there's sort of the energy to do that. And interesting enough, by the time you get to the eighth day, you've kind of come to this like little place. Well, you know what? Let's have a big party again. Mm-hmm. This is why the church celebrates Mass obligatory every Sunday. It's not a burdensome thing. It's a recognition. Oh my gosh, we're like low on steam. Let's do the big party again. Let's <laughs> yep. all get together Sunday at right. Mass, you know, right. and, and, and we'll, we'll celebrate one more time. And then that's the liturgical season. Right. Yep. Happens and the, every week. And the daily masses are simple. They're, you know, they're the core essential part of it. Nothing fancy. Uh, but you can come every day, uh, you know, time and time again. Uh, and then come on Sunday. It, it's live. It's the big. And yep. everybody's here. And we're all, uh, I've been thinking about that uh, as I've lived in the parish life. And I meet so many people. I'm like, I just want to get everybody together. Like, let's have a big, you know, because we grew up with the way we did yeah. on Sundays with the rosary and meals and people are always coming and going and you didn't know who belonged to who. And like, is that a girlfriend or is that a boyfriend or is that a, uh, you know, why are you living in our house now? You know, did you get kicked out of your house? You know, maybe the person was pregnant or maybe the person didn't have, I mean, I don't know. It was like, I don't, it wasn't chaos, but it was interesting. <laughs> you did wonder sometimes, who are you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and I still remember one time sitting at the breakfast table and, and, and eating breakfast, and I finally had to ask the guy, who, who are you? <laughs> I don't know you, uh, but you seem comfortable at our house, so 
Uh, and it was one of Tom's friends who stayed overnight and got up and he wanted breakfast. And so we had breakfast. And so I'm like, okay. Okay, so the Rutten stories can be outlandish. Sometimes you probably think, okay, this can't be all true. And sometimes it's not all true. But this really is yeah, true. Really like, is. <laughs> you never know. So in that, there's a certain sense in me that I love to have everybody together. Or the surprise of when someone showed up. And I was thinking, how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? And I was like, wait a minute. This is Sunday Mass. Right. This is why we come together on Sundays, is we're all together. But it takes an attitude of looking at what I'm doing there. And if I come there thinking somehow differently or wrongly, I won't get it. But if I come recognize like all these people belong to me, all these people and all of their needs, all of their hopes, all of their celebrations they're having, all of the difficulties they're having, like I shared with them mm-hmm. and we're coming together to recognize, Lord, we need you. Lord, we see you. And Lord, we forget you. Lord, thank you for not forgetting us. Mm-hmm. And you come back to us and we feed on you and we recognize our need for your mercy and that you give us yourself. And then we leave and I loved it, the halls of St. Lambert's and now I can start seeing it in Harrisburg. Like, There's just this life afterward. Yeah. Everyone's like, <laughs> even I'm kind of, uh, you know, I like silence. Mm-hmm. The hallway at St. Lambert isn't big enough for all of the chit-chat. Right. I've just had to learn that after mass, people are going to be like chit-chatting in the church. Yep. church. And I realized, you know, I think if I squashed this, I'd be ruining right. something true. They're silent during mass. Yep. So it's not that they can't be silent. It's that I need to let that be the silence. But afterwards, they're like exploding and there's mm-hmm. not enough room outside right. in the hallway. Yep. Well, and did you, did you see that Pope Francis talked about this the other day? And he talked oh, no. about we need silence before mass and we need silence mm. in mass. And so he talked about this. But what was interesting is, is when I saw people who posted it, they said before and after. Oh. So I read the statement and he didn't say after. At least I didn't see after. Yeah. We... We imposed it yeah, because we want... And I, I get it too. But we have the same problem. And our problem at Immaculate Conception is there's three ways out. So people come in and out different doors. So their friend is going to leave out one door and they're going to go out another. And so if they don't talk here in the church yeah. after Mass, they won't talk. Yes. So I know, and I, and I know it does bother some people, but I don't know how you... I don't... Like you say, how I do you squash I just had to give it? in. Uh, it's because it, there's there's such life. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just, real. But it's quiet before mass. There's no talking before we pray the rosary. There's no talking before mass. Yep. When you're in church before mass, silence. Yeah, very silent. When mass is over, and this is the other thing, when mass is over, some pastor long ago trained them. They all kneel, and they all say some oh. pr- silent prayer. Huh. Most of us three Hail Marys, and then they all stand up and. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, you can yeah, see the visitors, yeah, yeah. the poor visitors, because the whole place drops. And then there's Beautiful. all visitors. And all these visitors are like, what? What? I missed something. And it's like, okay, you're new because you're standing. And so, well, you know, <laughs> some will kneel. Some are like, ah, That's it's beautiful. awkward. Uh, then they all stand up and then away yeah. it goes. Total pandemonium. Um, I don't know. I think what you're talking about is how we live. The tradition of the church comes to us uh, uh, and we live it. The fullness of it comes to us. And so we say it doesn't always look exactly like it was before. We're not imposing a museum structure, but there's a life that comes and we say, this is the life I have to like live 
obey right. this circumstance. And I love the, the kneeling part, but now I'm tempted to like, okay, now let's, I got to go back and now my people have to kneel, you know? Well, I don't know. I guess I just have to mm-hmm. see how it moves in me and in us. But uh, the, the thing, so when I took this seriously, that I felt like I was squashing something of the spirit. If I go to the microphone and say, would you please all leave the church if you're going to talk? Which priests used to say. <laughs> I, and I want to And not say. only that, they would say it, because when I lived in Aberdeen, they would say it if you were outside the church talking. You go home. Don't stand out here. Huh. And he would say, don't stand out here like Protestants talking. You go home. Really? Yeah. Now that surprises me. Wow. And now, again, I think he probably figured, because that's, I don't know. Yeah. But he took it to the extreme. Like, you don't socialize here. Yeah. You're here to pray. Not uh, socialized. Like, you go home, people. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> well, like, and I'm this, like, what the heck? That's really interesting. Yeah. It made, so as so, I started looking at all this, and I thought, the, the churches today are built in a way, most places churches were built within the last 100 years, 100 years ago, and they were built in a way in which everybody lived nearby. Right. So you so, could go home. So you could go home, and you, ca- you caught up with your friends as you walked back to your right. place, and you knew in the afternoon you were going to stop over so-and-so's house and have a beer, and you'd, you, know, you just like realized this stuff, and so it didn't really matter that. Right. Today, we all get in our cars, and we go back to our isolated worlds, and we don't see these people. Yeah. We need these people. These people are the ones that help us live it out every day. Yeah. Every, uh, the next few days uh, and so there's just a real need for it and we live in a different time and, uh, and that's where so much of the life comes and that's where they say you know what hey uh, would you like to come over to the house this afternoon yeah. it happens right there yeah. or hey Friday would you want to meet downtown mm-hmm. for lunch uh, it happens right there but if I break that up there's right. just a few moments in there yep. where they can live out this Christian unity that the spirit gave to us yeah and if I break it up and send them all out those different doors, nope. now I'm going to be building a church. There what, aren't going to be 50 exits out of that right. church. And I so you can see that. the you can see the well, <laughs> yeah, you can see the wisdom of it. Yeah, like you can see the wisdom of making people come through the same place because then you all you do get to see you know, you know those people. And I have to believe that actually that's probably why some people are no longer Catholic is because the Protestant church did a better job of, of socializing, yeah. of caring about them, of talking to them. And they said, you know, I go to church and nobody talks to me. Yeah. I went to this other one and I, I, I got, was it, you know, five different people who I didn't know stopped me. And, you know, so again, you know, I understand where, you know, the priest, it's a different time and age, but we have to look at that and say, well, do people feel welcomed? Yeah. You know, do new people, you know, what happens when they come to our church? Uh, do people know that they're new and they acknowledge they're new and, and all those things? And this is the responsibility of the laity. Right. It's not the priest's job to welcome the new person every right. Sunday. Right. And, and we can live this just like I did with the radio station. We can think, well, Joe will take care of it. Yep. Well, if the priest will be at the door to welcome them, the priest, yep. they'll, they'll want to talk to the Father priest, does a not great to job. me. You know, they don't want job. to talk. No, the laity are the ones. You imagine if 10 lay people lived for 25 minutes after Mass in a way in which they were looking to just say hi to the new person or to see the new person or to welcome the new person, not because it's structured or there's an organization or a committee, but because in their heart they know what it is to be new or they want the new person to be welcome. Transformative. The, the, The problem that we can face, though, your church is different. My church, probably half of them don't know what it's like to be new. They've ah. never been anywhere else. They've sat in the same pew for 26 <laughs> years. 
because the church has been around for 26 years. And before that, the same. So this is the challenge. And so then there's this awkward, because I've asked them the question, they don't want to look like a fool at times and say, hey, are you new? No, actually, I'm not new. Uh, we've been going here for a long time. Uh, and, and we had one of our parishioners give a talk at, at Truth on Tap uh, last week. And she said that. She said, you know, I'm, I'm now more engaged in my faith. And people keep asking if I'm new. We've been here for like 11 years. But we're now more engaged. And so people are seeing us in, in, in that. So it is risking. Because I've done it too. I've, are you new? Nope, nope, Father. I, we met, actually, we've met a couple times now, Father. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Man. And this is what the parishioner can come to learn. Why people are attracted. We like sacrifice ourselves. We enter into a really like treacherous place. Like, you know, what's your name? Uh, oh, five times you. Oh, okay. Well, that's why people, that's what we're going through. You, they have to go through this too. Yeah. How, and then you realize, okay, there's a way I can enter into this conversation and not end up in a stupid place. A guy was coming out of mass last weekend this is the uh, imagine if people do guys coming out of mass this last weekend and i'm walking right next to him as if like i know him and i thought okay i don't so i just said tell me where we met Hmm. i at least knew him so his the beginning place is not i don't know you what's your name but the beginning place is we've met before i know you but like i forget tell me where we've met know what he says Denny Brueggemann's funeral. Oh, wow. I'm like, ah, I know who you are. I know who you are. You know, at that moment then, I remembered yep. everything. It yep. all came back. He wasn't offended that I didn't know his name. Yep. You know, but but I didn't begin by like starting with the negative. Uh, I don't know your name, sir. What's, you know, right. uh, I began, tell me where we met. So that, there's just ways, but I've sure. learned that by taking the journey. And we all got to jump in. And if we did that, if 10 people took upon themselves just this awareness that somehow, and you know what? You're going to learn. I can't give you a rule book on how to do this. You're going to learn, and you are going to learn so much from these people you meet. You, you wonder why your children don't come to Mass? You're going to see people who come back. You're going to discover what the Spirit does in a heart that has been so far away, and they come back. And it's not going to be because of the priest they come back. You're going to realize the Spirit brought them back, and you're going to meet them. And that you're going to be the one to come to the priest and say, hey, Father, you got to meet this person. Yeah. It's an incredible life. Let's take a break, and we'll be back. Headaches, neck and back pain, and arm and leg numbness can come from a sports injury, automobile accident, a slip and fall, and everyday activities. Dr. Mark Hagen with Hagen Chiropractic Clinic in Sioux Falls treats these types of injuries. Dr. Mark is located at 14th and Cliff, six blocks north of Avera Hospital. Hi, this is Dr. Mark Hagen with Hagen Chiropractic Clinic. Don't say ouch, call me at 361-OUCH. In the silence, God speaks. At Broomtree Retreat Center, this is more than just a saying. It's experienced every day. Located six miles west of Irene, South Dakota, Broomtree provides modern facilities and a favorable environment for you to experience God's continual call to conversion and growth in faith. Whether you're looking for a silent retreat or a place for your family to get together, the opportunity awaits at Broomtree. For more information about our scheduled retreats or camp availability, call us at 605-263-1040 or visit our website at broom-tree.org. 
One of the great ways that Discount Catholic Products has changed my life is that I have a much deeper connection to my Catholic faith and I have become more confident in my faith. Hi, this is Megan Dolly, owner of DiscountCatholicProducts.com here in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and I get to help people on their faith journey. I handle prayer cards, medals, books, and all kinds of sacramentals every day. And in doing that, I can't help but grow in my faith. And we want to help our customers do the same thing. Find us online at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm an orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school. And a small school allows you to excel individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. There's a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only there's so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career.
shut up. You don't come now, I'm leaving without you. Now, And let's go back to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by DiscountCatholicProducts.com, your one-stop online shopping experience for the Catholic community, and Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. And now back to Rutten Radio. Good morning, Sioux Falls. And beyond. Great. That was sort of our practice of what we were teaching before. You know, you need to practice what you preach. And we were talking about how you need a little refresher. So th- that's we were sort of coming down our slope and we needed a little pick-me-up. But <laughs> the pick-me-up is that somebody is going to pick up a Rotten Radio t-shirt. Yes. Amazing. I know you are all dying to possess you one of these things. Wait. You've seen me walking around Sioux Falls, and I taught last night a class at Holy Spirit and wore it there. <laughs> and you? I went to the, the store, and I wore it there and uh, went to where, yeah, I wear it everywhere. Oh. The day before the show, I'm, I've decided I'm going to wear it. And even went up to the Chancery office, <laughs> I'm wearing it up there, you know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I suppose maybe if I were to meet with the bishop, I probably would take it off. and you might have it laid somewhere <laughs> yeah, I'd just, like, put it on my shoulder. And Actually, he'd love it, I bet. He would, well, maybe not. It's a little self-promoting. The bishop's... It's uh, a lot self-promoting. <laughs> but good spirit involved. So, go to the Rutten. If you want to win. These are the directions. Everybody, listen up. I know this is a hot contest. People (laughs) were so mad last time that Lucas Lucas won. Lucas, you cannot win again. Just so you know, if you've won in the last year, you cannot win again. Put your strategy down, Lucas. Sorry, Lucas. Ready? Everybody, get ready. You need to go to Facebook. (laughs) If you don't have Facebook, sorry. (laughs) You need to go to Facebook. You need to go to the Rutten Radio Facebook page. Okay? So everybody start doing that. Get ready. Okay? And... Now, on the Facebook page, there's a post with Father Paul and Father John. In our t-shirts. Joe, who is a father, is not in the picture. So on that post, you will see the t-shirts and you will see the statement, answer here. So the f- person who comments with the correct answer first on that post, they will be the owner of a Rotten Radio t-shirt. We only have size large, so you got to do that. Now, would you do me a favor, Father Paul? Yes. I've been wanting, the reason, remember when I got all mixed up? The reason I got all mixed up is because one of the posts I put on there, I wanted to put Cafe Press. Oh. Because you can own anything you want with the Rutten Radio logo, but you got to pay for it. <laughs> and we don't set the prices and we don't make any money off this stuff. So you're up to, you're up to your own. Uh, but if you could, on that page, sometime... You know, whenever you have a chance to put the cafe press thing so people can go buy oh, sure. mugs, right? Yep, that must have been where they got their mugs. You could, <clears throat> you could look have your at, own cafe you could, press Rutten Radio mug. Yeah, and while you're drinking out of the mug, yeah. you can look at our mugs. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, there's a have 100% <laughs> guarantee that if you drink out of that mug, you will smile. <laughs> you will smile like no other. Okay. So if you have somebody that doesn't smile a lot, buy them the mug and see what happens. And you know, and if it, they don't smile, let me know. So I think if you look at the the mugs, um, they face. It depends on what what well, way see, you drink your mug. Like, see, here's the thing. This is the stressful thing about it. They're like, where do you want to place the image on your mug? I'm like, oh. So I almost made them for left-handed people. Oh. 
Because you know, Cause mugs are not made for left-handed people. Uh, mugs are made for right-handed people. Uh, so I almost moved the image to the other side yeah. so that everyone would know what it's like to be left-handed. So tell me, is a mug supposed to have the image facing you or facing out? Well, it would... See, it probably should face them. I think it faces you, right. doesn't it? But see, notice they're all, they're they're all holding, holding it so it faces out. Right. I thought that's what it was supposed to be. Um, it'd be the other way. So uh-huh. as you look at it, you smile because you see and then you drink. Yeah. But so there, see, this is the life of a left-handed person right there. See them? Mm-hmm. They're all like living left-handed. So on the TV shows, when they're, when they're drinking out of their mugs, the, the logo is facing out for advertising. Right. Yeah. Ah, I thought that's the way it was supposed to go, but it's supposed to face in. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to have mine facing out. But for everybody else that wants to smile, I already smile. <laughs> if I look at myself, I'll start frowning. <laughs> but that's not true. I look at your T-shirt. I don't know. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, the hair. Oh, it's the hair. You can't laugh at yourself. It's the it's hair. It's the hair. It yeah. is the hair. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the hair. Alex, you did a great job with the little fluffs of hair. And Thank uh, you, Alex. And I love, this is what I love is the simplicity of, you immediately you don't get it. But when you start looking at it, there's enough factors that you really do then discover, oh, that's Joe, that's yep. Paul, that's John. Yep. Uh, so, okay. Everybody there, you're on Facebook, you're on the Rutten Radio page, you're ready in the comment box underneath the little section where it says your answer is here. The first correct answer will win a large Rutten Radio t-shirt. I'll, I'll just, in, so you don't know, we don't go cheap. Ooh. These are nice, nice <laughs> cotton. They're really nice. The gray is just the perfect color. It sort of, you know, it's not light, so you know it's gray, but it's not dark, so you can't see the logo. You want this. Ready? What oh, will win one? He's this amazing t shirt. for QVC one day. <laughs> That's, um, the question is what is the dogma? Of the Immaculate Conception. The dogma of the Immaculate Conception. So what does that mean? What is the Immaculate Conception, right? Or is it the dogma? You got, I mean, well, it's the same. What is the Immaculate the Conception? What is the, so the teaching? teaching okay. of what is the Immaculate Conception? Nobody's listening. Nobody listens. Oh, Alexander, hey, hi. Ah. Uh, oh, Andrew Welbig slotted in before you. Oh, really? <laughs> stressful. Stressful. All right, Andrew Welbig. Wow. Andrew Welbig, congratulations. You are the proud owner. Uh, actually, Sorry, Alex, but I was thinking the minute he won, I was like, he's going to drown in a large. (laughs) No. Well, Alex, you know what? I don't have them yet, but I have a few more coming. Oh. Alex, hi. We're going to give you one, too. Perfect. Now, people out there, don't go thinking that we're going to do the secondary winner every time. Alex, hi, really put a lot of work into helping these come <laughs> he, about. He should have got one free uh, a long time ago. Yeah, so we're going to give Alex high one too in gratitude for the uh, work he did putting it together. So congratulations, Andrew Welbig. You now join the illustrious group of people. Sure. Including Lucas Lorenzen and the Rutten brothers in possessing t-shirts. So 
Okay, yep. so say something. Now, your so parish anyways, is celebrating. The, the, part of this, though, is, is often, why we use the question as well, often we think of Jesus' conception and birth as the Immaculate Conception. Uh, but it is, the dogma itself is that the Blessed Virgin Mary, from the first moment of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege of Almighty God, and in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of the human race, was preserved free from every stain of original sin, is a doctrine revealed by God, and for this reason, must be firmly and constantly believed by all the faithful. That comes from Pope Pius IX in 1854. So again, it's, it's this reality, and what's important in this, because a lot of people really worry about this, in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, that sometimes people get concerned like she didn't need Jesus then. Because she was already free from original sin. She didn't need to have a Savior. Nope, in view of. And so God isn't bound by our time. God is able to apply things in a way that, that isn't necessarily always linear. So Mary's gift of being free from sin came because of Jesus Christ and what he would do for us. So it seems kind of like, wait a minute, how does that work? Well, with God, all things are possible. Uh, and it is belief. Uh, to be true, um, and it is true. Uh, and again, what 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 I always say to people is, nothing will limit God, but our willingness to say yes. Like, if God can do that with the Virgin Mary, what can He do with the rest of us? Mm. Like, we I think really are the ones that say to God, "Well, you can't really do that. Grace isn't really that powerful." No. The grace is so powerful that somebody was actually conceived without original sin even before, in time, Jesus actually died on the cross. Because <laughs> God is so powerful, he can actually do this for us. Uh, it's still a mystery as to how it all works. Um, but because it is our feast day, our parish's Immaculate Conception, we're having a big party. Ah, great. Uh, so we'll have a huge party. Uh, it is a holy day of obligation, so everybody is supposed to go to church. I always say it's like a Sunday during the weekday. Uh, so Friday, it'll be like a Sunday, yep. a big party, and we have a big dinner. You're all welcome. Oh, Come on over. Great. Immaculate Conception, we'll be having pork loin. It's going to be good, tasty, lots of good food. Everyone's welcome. Are you going to celebrate it for eight days? You know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the people hosting it probably would kill me if I said, oh, let's yeah, do this for yeah, eight days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about how about this? For eight days, they can come and have coffee with you. Ooh. <laughs> Reduce it a little bit. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. So, okay, but continue. Yeah, so the, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. So it really is, you know, again, it's this reality that God has the ability to do incredible things. Uh, and so in preparing for his son, uh, he gave a gift to his mother. Uh, and made her without original sin. Uh, and again, you think about that, and who wouldn't want to give their mother the greatest gifts uh, possible? Because you love them. Uh, and, and so it really is a reminder. Part of why, you know, it's 1854, some would say, well, that's a long time to wait for that one. And often what the church does is she doesn't declare dogmas because she's bored. She declares a dogma or a teaching because all of a sudden the teaching isn't as clear hmm. as it should be. You know, we just sort of presume, well, every, right, we all say this, well, everybody knows that. Well, nope, everybody doesn't. And mm -hmm. in 1854, not everybody understood this. And there was real struggles with Mary. And so Pius IX said, we're going to solve this right now. Everybody, this is the truth. 
Mary was conceived without original sin. Uh, so that is the dogma itself. So it's a great gift. I don't know what someone someone just I don't know what Facebook does. Someone just put a post with a picture from their website saying that they were the first answer. Oh no! How does that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, um, well. Andrew, Andrew Welbeck was here, the first one who showed uh, right. up in ours, and it's still on there, right? It says well, on there. Maybe they're playing with us or something. Well, I don't. So anyway, here's, well, sorry out there if you think you won and your computer showed we, you were the first, and but I think if anyone goes and looks at the website now, they will see Andrew Welbeck is the top vote getter. So yeah, or was quickest to the draw. Okay. He could have been a no, gunslinger. See, here's the okay. So then we'll have to see. This is the thing with life. Like this is why we have so many rules. So I have to explain it. So it was the first person to post on the page in which that post then appeared on my page so I could make the, the decision uh-huh. as to who was the first. So Andrew Welbig is the first one on my Facebook page. That's all I can say. Anyways, okay. but Great. we're grateful. Yep. So um, thank you so much. So now, Do we know? Go ahead. Uh, we, we'll need to get information to send Andrew. Yeah, I told him I'll carry it with me in my car. And okay. He'll find me. Or right. Something I don't know. Right. Uh, so, what now? Well, how about we close with uh, a couple of things? Favorite Christmas movie? Hmm. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Can we have two? Sure. Because I'm generous well, today. Well, and here's why. <laughs> uh, the the secular one. Yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> it is a Christmas movie, isn't it? It is a Christmas it? movie. It is. And it, I still remember it, watching it uh-huh. at Uncle Paul's mm. in California. Mm. So it was like just the time. And I think this is sometimes it. Part of the experience of watching something can be why it's so good. It, the movie itself maybe isn't the best movie. Mm-hmm. But because of the, you know, we were in California, we were at Disneyland, and we had all these great things. And then we saw this movie that was really kind of different. And it was over Christmas. And, you know, yeah. so there we go. So that's, that's, that's my secular great. Uh, plug for Christmas movie. And your Christmas Christmas movie? Um, I don't know. Can I think? Can you? Yeah. You wanna? So I, I don't, I, I'm not going to say my favorite, but I went to. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love Ask a question. And then, <laughs> and then when it comes to your turn to answer, well, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> oh my. We need help. Okay. I need help. I'm I, sorry. Jesus. I need help. Yeah. Uh, so. I went to the play. Father Andy Theringer yep. is directing It's a Wonderful Life in Mitchell. Yes. Uh, which has been yes. a real real surprise and people it's it's great. So I went to it. Well, I've never seen the movie. What? Yeah. How have you never seen It's a Wonderful Life? I don't know. All I knew is oh, I know every why. time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. It's, so I've seen like the last, I have yep. this image of the actor with this, is it a girl or something, girl. walking down a uh, sidewalk or something? Yep. That's the only thing I know of the whole movie. Do you know why I've never seen it? I was just going to say, because usually when we were at home watching it, you were out doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so like this family experience, I didn't get to have that family experience. Because who wants to stay home and watch It's a Wonderful Life? I want to go out hanging with my buddies, and that's true. It answers a lot. Father Andy has this beautiful write-up about watching it with his dad and this family ritual and stuff, and I'm like, I know what was on, and I remember seeing a little snippet of it, but I don't remember watching this. 
uh, so for the first time I saw this story, oh. I was really amazed. I mean, there was something really profound in there, and I started thinking about myself. Like, what if this person didn't exist? Yeah. Where would my life be if Michael Donnelly didn't exist? Yeah. Where would my life be had this pastor not existed? He doesn't even know he touched my life and changed it. But, like, if he didn't exist, where would I be? <laughs> Possibly in jail. Yeah. Possibly dead. Yeah. Most likely drunk. Yeah. You know? And hence, I wasn't watching the, <laughs> I wasn't at home watching right. the movie because I stayed just long enough to eat. And then I was out of here to go have fun, you know, with real people that like to have real life. So... That was yeah. my sort of Christmas moment. I'm going to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Again, now, after seeing this play, Father Andy, you did a great job directing it, and hopefully it'll become a tradition of mine. And uh, so, Paul, your Jesus Christmas Christmas movie favorite? Um, well, I do. I mean, I really actually do like It's a Wonderful Life. And, and maybe, maybe it seems kind of cliche to say that because everyone says it. Uh, and part of the reason I discovered why it's people's favorites is there was no... I don't want to say copyright, but they didn't have to pay to show it. Mm. So they could show it for free and, and then just make money. <laughs> mm. So it was one of these things where it was a movie that they didn't have to worry about. They could just keep showing, 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 showing. Um, a Christmas Story is also good uh, <laughs> because it shows kind of the humanity of Christmas and all of the craziness in it all as well. You know, if you've ever seen a Christmas, the Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's all the things. You know, I mean, it, it, so it, that is a good one as well. So probably between the, those would be my three. I just had so, Die Hard, Die Hard, Christmas Story, and then It's, it's a, a Wonderful Life. I just had a flashback. Uh-oh. If you want to understand the Rutten House, okay, if you want to understand what it was like to grow up in our chaos, it was not It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Uh, well, it, well, I mean, it was a wonderful. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. This is sorry, where, okay, Mom. just let me get to the point. Oh, uh, yeah, because that sounded uh, Home Alone. Oh, how is it possible you left- that a family could leave right. their son True. and go on vacation? Okay, that was possible in our family because we did. Because we did. <laughs> we usually turned around soon enough to get you, but we did leave people. That is what it was like to be in our house. It wasn't that life was terrible. It wasn't that we were bad people. It's just that there was so much going on. You just were like doing the best you could to get moving, and you were on a journey. And sometimes on the journey, someone was left behind. Now. They were on a journey, too, and they just <laughs> discovered what it was to, like, live. All right. uh, so, I thought Home Alone. I loved it. So, all right. For next cl- period, watch the movie Wonder. And oh. we're going to talk about it. We better, we we're going to close sh- the show with a family prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, Our Father we, we thank, thank you for your love and for your many blessings, blessings especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Amen. Father, Amen. Son, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 